Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Amen. Man, do you all sense God doing something? Can you kind of feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? It's like happening in our room. It's happening in our house, but it's happening all over the earth. And um, I'm, I'm just privileged and thrilled to be able to follow up from last week. Um, God is just, he's intentionally doing something. And I want to be sensitive to what that is. Um, we always, I'm thankful that we get to bless our pastor. Uh, give it up for Pastor Richard, by the way. Um, just... Just so thankful for what God's doing in him through in the nations of the earth and then the promise that is being fulfilled in that space. Um, I'm going to jump in because I'm going to finish up this whole series. We've had a great month as we've been talking about being unmistakably unshakable. And there's been a, a lot of different places that we've gone. And my, my text last week, I was talking about uh, sticking with it and making sure that you continue to pursue the things of God. Um, but I'm, I'm going to jump off of the same passage that we started the month with in Hebrews chapter 12, and then I'll get to the rest of the verses in a minute. Hebrews 12, verse 27 and 29 in the Message Bible says this. The phrase, one last shaking, means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. Amen. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent. Worshiping God, another version says, with fear and awe before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He's active. He's cleaning house. He's torching all that needs to burn. And he won't quit until it's all cleansed because God himself is a consuming fire. And then I talked last week out of John chapter 8 and basically just said, if you stick with it, then you're going to experience a truth. You're going to experience a truth and then it's going to be that truth that has the power to set you free. The text this morning is in 2 Timothy chapter 4. That's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and I'm going to start guys in verse 6 and then we'll go backwards in a minute. It says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. Somebody say my race. And I have kept the faith. If you are a note taker, the name of my message today is run your own race. (laughs) Run your own race. Not somebody else's race. Not what somebody, not, no, not comparatives, all those things. It's so crucial that we run our own race. There was a version that said that, that said it that way. So let's just pray again. Father, we welcome you to this place. Thank you that every person under the sound of my voice, those that their hearts and their spirits are open and ready and receptive to what you want to say to them, in them, and through them, and through the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So the last since, since last I saw you, um, if you weren't here first service, they're they're always a little different. But God just, I mean, He just sovereignly showed up last week, and we were in the middle of trying to figure out whether we want to keep going or stop. 
And you got to realize that when we are being sensitive to a move of the Holy Spirit, we have to be mindful of the natural things too. Like your kids got to get picked up out of the nursery, <laughs> right? We got staffing that has to happen and, and traffic and all the things. So we have to be sensitive to the things in the natural. But I really feel like God is calling us specifically in this season for more intentionality about being sensitive to his spirit. What are you saying? What are you doing? How is it that you want to move in every service and every, every moment that we have? I got a chance yesterday to spend some time with some leaders, and, and we're not going to go into the details of it. If you come Wednesday night, you will hear a little bit more about it. But just suffice it to say that God is doing something in this region. He's up to something. And I want to make sure that we are connected to it and making sure that we're being sensitive again to what he wants to do through us. Also on, so I got a text last Monday, and uh, the text was from a friend of mine. And it was interesting because I, I hear from him every once in a while. I will not go into all the story, but I will because I know we have a lot of new people in our church now, which we love seeing these new faces and different hearts and stories. And you guys don't necessarily know all about us, but I moved to Florida 30-something years ago because I got a record contract. The record contract took me to Kissimmee, Florida, which is where I lived for about two and a half, almost three years. There was a church down there that I was a part of. There was a friend of mine that we still have a relationship to this day. So he texted me last Monday, and he told me, he said, hey, Lindsay, um, we've got, I've got something that was a dream that I've had for the last 10 to 12 years that has come true. And he texted me an invitation to a red carpet premiere uh, in downtown Disney of a movie that he's written and produced and being released in theaters March the 10th. Come on. I mean, I mean, my God. And I'm like, red carpet? What do you do on a red carpet? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to wear? Can I get my hair did? I mean, should I, what, what should I do? How, do you, how do you function? I felt like I was from a hee-haw junction or something. And he's like, We're, you're coming to a red carpet. So we go down, and Ricky was with me. I'll just show you a quick picture of who we are, who we're talking about. So this is me and my friend Jeffrey Smith. Um, we are, I look kind of good right there, don't I? <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good picture, if I do say so myself. <laughs> just, just, just kidding, sort of. Uh, but this is Jeffrey Smith, me and my friend. And so this is the name of the movie is called Southern Gospel. And it's a powerful story. The story is, and you can take it down. The story is of, of his family. He has, a, he has a spiritual heritage that's unbelievable. His backstory is crazy. His mom and dad are, were ministers, and they, he goes through the whole background of it. He's now a senior pastor there in Kissimmee. But isn't it wild that he was able to, like, literally, and they talked about all the hoops and stuff that he had to go through to get distribution and all the people who said, no, it's not going to happen, and you don't know the right people in Hollywood, and Hollywood doesn't function a certain way, and you don't have the money, and you don't have the budget, and you don't, you don't, you don't. But how many of you know, with God, come on, he had everything that he needed, and so... I, we, I'm, I'm making an endorsement for him and through the movie. It was a powerful movie. Ricky came down with us and we got to watch. It was in this big, they rented out the whole theater uh, in downtown Disney. The whole room was filled with people. And um, it was just powerful. And Ricky has, you know, he has a very a good critical eye in terms of cameras and stuff. And so he verified that it's very good, high quality. 
Um, a lot of times, I hate to say it, but sometimes when you go to some Christian mu movies, I ain't telling none of my friends to watch it. <laughs> right? You don't want to endorse it. But this is high quality, high. So I, I just encourage you, but I say that because God can do the impossible right where you are. God was able to work the miracle of being able to produce that movie through a man who lived in Kissimmee, Florida. I mean, Kissimmee, Florida ain't much bigger than Ocala, Florida. I mean, it's, no, it's near Orlando, but he was able to work through him through that space. But it was interesting because then when I was down there, um, I knew people from 30 plus years ago, many of them, and they just loved on. It was just a great, it was a great homecoming for me. But it was kind of interesting because I had probably no more than, or no less than, I'll say three to five times. People ask, well, hey, where are you at? What are you doing? I'm like, um, yeah, man, I'm in Ocala. I'm at, now, you're still in Ocala? <laughs> and then somebody else was like, hey, what are you doing? What are you, I'm at, you're, you're, you're still at Parent Chief's Church? <laughs> and then another one was like, hey, I'm, you know, where, where are you living? What are you doing? You're in Ocala? And by the third time, I wanted to, no, I, I did. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm in Ocala. I love Ocala. This is where God has called me to. Come on. This is the place. This is the space. And it just reminded me again, I'm like, I'm grateful for the relationship and the contacts and the connection, but I am running my own race. Right? We're running our own race. We're not running what somebody else is doing. I'm thankful that they're doing what they're doing. I'm proud of them. I'm grateful for them. By the way, it wasn't Jeff that did that, said that to me, but, but, but I, I, I realized the importance of making sure that we're comfortable with who and where and how God calls us. Because it's in those places that we then are able to produce the type of fruit that only he can work through us. It's in us being in the proper field with the proper fertilization and nourishment, right? And proper watering of your seed, the proper understanding of what the ground is like where you are, all of those things are so significant, and I think maybe the one thing I want to get or to relay to you all today is bloom where you are planted. Amen. Understand that, can I just tell y'all how many times, I've said this before, haven't said it recently, but in 30 plus years, almost 30 years of being here, people have tried to solicit me to get out of Ocala. Go to a bigger city. Go to a bigger market. There's more music. There's more opportunity. There's studios. There's stuff. And I say, no, no, no. I'm right where God wants me to be. Wait, wait, wait. So therefore, the move of God that he wants to establish and a function and to accomplish is going to happen right where I am because that's where we're called to be. <laughs> right? So when I'm talking about we're in the move of God, it's not hype. This is not just some idle words that we're saying. We've seen it. We've seen it around the, around the globe. We've seen it through the states. We've seen it with pastor friends. We've seen it with different. I talked last week about the Asbury Revival. I thought how powerful it was. I love the concept that God can take the foolish things to confound the wise. I love the fact that he can take the mundane little, I call it po-dung. I know it's called po-dunk, but I think it makes more sense, po-dung. I think he can use the po-dung little stuff that people overlook, they bypass, they look around. I believe that that's exactly how God wants to move. Asbury was just a little place in the middle of nowhere. 
And God said, I'm going to sovereignly pour out my spirit there. What I know to be true is there are people all over this region who need Jesus. I know it. I'm more sensitive to it it at, at certain times and seasons. I'm aware. I just got a text from my friend who we just prayed for because they're watching. And if you're watching, I don't know if she's still in the hospital. She had three brain surgeries. Three. She's not even, I think they're early 40s. Three brain surgeries. They got children. They got all kinds of stuff. And so she's desperately believing God for a miracle. And when I'm talking to them, I didn't mean to call you out, Aaron, by the way, buddy, friend, love y'all. But when I'm having conversations with them, they don't want to hear about niceties. They're not interested in hearing about just the stuff that we go through and the the religion and the routine and the rituals that we can kind of make up sometimes of our services or things. And this is not bashing. This is just saying there are times when there's got to be a sensitivity to another level of what God wants to do. Do you know the type of miracle it's going to take for her to be healed from three brain surgeries? Do you know that she had to to stand in faith and and was, was really kind of going against, not going against, but having a hold on to her faith despite what the doctor said. And then she had to join her faith with like-minded people who would not just squash it because she's in Sioux City or because she's in Ocala, come on, or because she's in a region. Can anything good come out of this area? Pastor Chris said this yesterday. Out of Nazareth, yeah, the king of king can come out of Nazareth. (laughs) Can anything good happen? Yes. God can touch lives all over the globe. I've been talking and I don't think he'll mind. He knows I was praying for him. I spent 20 minutes on the way home from the, the, no, no, not 20 minutes, an hour plus on the way home from the movie premiere on Thursday night, speaking life into the nephew that I've been praying about and y'all been praying for and covering. He doesn't need nice formulas, right? He doesn't need me just to give him basic scriptures or whatever. He needs the word of God and the power of God having the ability to move in whatever his circumstance is. And I'm finding myself in this season re-energized, revived. We're talking about revival. Remember that definition of revival was, um, I forget, it was restoration to life, consciousness, vigor, strength, or awakening. What we talked about, we heard about it a little bit yesterday was that it's not just, it can't just stop at revival. Revival is for people that were dead, okay? People who had the life of God and now it's being rebreathed in. But how many of you know it can't stop there? It's got to reach past the four walls. It's got to reach outside of the church. It's got to reach to those who are lost and haven't been vived yet. (laughs) Right? They can't be revived if they haven't been vived. And so that's the concept and that's the passion with which I'm hoping you sense our worship and you sense our team and the intentionality of starting a service out with high praise and, and finding our way into worship. And in the moments when we begin to sing about it and speak about it, then God enters the room and miracles happen when he moves. And healing comes into the room. So in 2 Timothy chapter 4, which is where the text is, I'm looking at the life of Paul. And this is very significant. I was going to get to this last week and I didn't get a chance to. But we're looking at the life of Paul 
as he is converted, excuse me, Saul as he's converted to Paul. And I want to say this, that one of the most important aspects and factors of revival turning into reformation is the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that seems simple, but there's something that happens and there's something to be said about when you can't explain something, you can't put it in a box, there's no real clean cut way to categorize it. It's just you know that you know that you know it was the Holy Spirit moving. Those are the times, instances, circumstances, scenarios where I'm just very conscious that I can't conjure it up, but I have to be sensitive to the hope and the expectation that God will do the impossible. It's those moments. Second Timothy, we read about Paul who was at the end of his life and it's important if you know me, I love giving the backstory. Paul, in the book of Acts, before we get to Timothy, Paul recites three different occasions of his transformation, of his moment with a power in the spirit of God that he could not fully describe or contain. Three times in the book of Acts, it's so important, the moment that he had this encounter with the spirit of God, now, you know, he was, do y'all know the story where he was knocked off the donkey and, and the, the bright light shone and all that happened? Th- that story is so significant to Paul that he talked about it three different occasions, three different accounts in the book of Acts. And I believe that was the reason why he did that is because he wanted to make sure that even through understanding the natural things, there's something to be said about the spirit of God doing the supernatural. You can't describe it. You can't explain it. You can't box it in. So this is Paul who gave the account of that three different times. He's about to die. And we know it historically that this is one of the last things that he wrote. This is in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And Paul says to his young protege, he says, Timothy, I solemnly urge you. Another version says, I charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday Judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word. Be prepared. Whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct and rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching. Somebody say good teaching. I'm so grateful that there is balance here in the name of Jesus. We were sensitive to a spirit. We flow. We hear We do all those things, but there is good, solid, foundational word teaching in this house. Every week, we don't have to worry about some kind of crazy, you know, heretical statements coming. We're speaking the word of God. So he says, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patient, correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Now we jump down to verse 6, and this is where we'll spend the rest of the time. Verse 6 in 2 Timothy says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. Now, I'm going to break this down a little bit because it's significant to know that Paul, in his background, for those of you who may be new, and I'm teaching a little bit more today than I did last week, but 
we need to know that Paul was a learned man, okay? He knew multiple languages. He was, he was schooled and versed. He was a Roman citizen, but he'd grown up Jewish. He knew all the, he knew all the religion. He knew the rules. The, he knew the stuff. So you're not talking to somebody who didn't understand religion and somebody who didn't understand the natural order of things. He was a wise man. And so with Paul here, we find that he says, uh, I'm getting ready to be poured out as a drink offering. I've already been poured out as a drink offering. What he's doing is making reference to say, my life has not been my own. After I had the conversion and the experience on the road to Damascus, everything in my life changed. And the same passion, I didn't have a chance to go into it, but if you know the story at all, you know that Paul was one of the primary persecutors of Christians during that time. He was finding them, taking them, jailing them. He wasn't killing them himself, but he was, he was causing all kinds of, one, one version says Paul spent his days wreaking havoc against the church. So that's the type of individual that he was. And when we come into this passage, you understand that he lived the rest of his life after he had the experience with God. I want to keep saying that. After he had a moment in the presence of God, he begins then to live his entire life poured out before him. I don't do anything of my own accord, of my own will, of my own desire. My whole life is poured out, dedicated, and committed to the things of God. That's verse 6. It says, um, that word departure, it says, I'm already offering a drink offering and my time of departure has come. That word departure, they said in the Greek, is very similar to being loosed of something. It's very similar, they said, to a, a shipman or a salesman or a sailor taking off the anchor and loosing it. It's very similar to... Um, being able to release something, getting, giving something up. In other words, he's saying, the time of my departure from this earth, I'm releasing it now because I've run my race and I've finished my course. And he's saying to his young protege, I'm giving you everything I can possibly give you so that when you're done running your race in Ocala, Florida, or wherever else it is that you are, that you can finish and say, I can lose everything from here because I've done exactly what God called me to do. I could leave Kissimmee in that environment and walk away 100% fulfilled because I know that I know that I know that my life is being poured out before God right where I am. It's being poured out. I know this is for, if this is for one person in this room today, where you are, plant. Find a space to understand that the Spirit of God wants to move right where you are. So Paul goes on, and he says, verse 7, it says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. Somebody say, my race. My race. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. Now, I love this as you break it down because this is not Paul boasting. This is Paul basically giving an encouragement to Timothy. And the breakdown of it is kind of like this. I have fought. If There's another translation that basically says that fight is like a struggle. How many of you can know that this life of being a believer is not always easy? <laughs> Man, if somebody would have told me that in the beginning and I would have understood that the fight that I'm fighting 
is we're, we're fighting from a place of victory, but there's also, there's some struggle that goes with it. The picture that's being painted there is almost like a wrestler. And I think about all the times where it's so easy and so, I mean, enticing to just want to quit, to want to give up, to want to not move forward. And Paul says, I have fought the good struggle. Not that I just have been victorious, but I fought. I did not, I did not stop. I kept going. I fought the good struggle. And then it goes on and he says um, that, that there's times in verse, the bottom of verse 7 it says, I've kept the faith. I finished my race. His race was his race. It was not, it was not what somebody else was doing. I, I, think about, I think about the natural, normal, mundane things. On Friday, I had to send a package out. And I don't normally work here on, the, on campus. And I walked to the back room, back in the annex where some of you guys have been. And you guys don't know this. And he is not going to ask for awards and ceremonies and bands to play for him. But Ryan Wiebe is one of the most consistent, faithful people I've ever met. And he's not just consistent and faithful. He's fruitful. So he's back in that room and nobody sees him. Y'all don't know, you don't know that these services do not work the way that they work without Ryan Weeby's input. He's behind the scenes. He's doing stuff. He's, he's undergirding the whole, the whole thing. And it was interesting. Ryan, is that all right that I'm talking about you? It's okay, I'm talking about you. And he loves it. Everybody say, hey, Ryan. He loves the spotlight. Matter of fact, give him an applause. Everybody look at him. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> He loves it. Yeah, no. Nah. But 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 he but we were talking, I just said, you understand, like you're running your race. You're running your race, and the race that you're running is helping keep an entire ministry moving behind the scenes. I've got people on my team that you guys will never hear about, never know about, but they're helping to undergird the house. I think about this with some of you single moms. And your race doesn't seem extravagant. But every day, you're finding a way to get those kids taken care of. You're finding a way to get them fed and clothed and to school and to learn. Some of you at-home parents who are teaching your kids every day, it's the mundane, it's the daily. It's, this is not a real deep, sexy message. But this is the stuff that helps you endure. Some of you seniors... I think about it now that you're in whatever season of life you're in, whether you have retired or you are, you're ready to, I don't know. Your season is not over. In the mundane, God can use you, work through you. God can accomplish something through. Do you understand? We talked last week about revival starting with the young. Do you know that the young need the older, the more experienced, the wise, come on, to bring some of that stuff to the table to balance it out? I was thinking about just the mundane, everyday stuff. If you can be confident and comfortable in running your race, you'll be able to finish and say, okay, well done, good and faithful servant. This is Paul. Then he goes on. In the last part, he says, um, I finished the race. He finished his race. But the thing is, it wasn't a race against someone else. Do you understand that the race he was running was against himself? 
It was against the call and the things that God had placed on his life. What he was positioned and conditioned to do. The race that he finished was not about comparing himself to where someone else was. And God began to show me in that trip to Kissimmee the way that he has divinely orchestrated my life and the way that he has completely, specifically, and intentionally allowed me to choose to run my race. And in the middle of that, I sense God wants to do something supernatural in this place. I just, I just do. I've, I've, I've seen it in my, in my spirit's eye. I've seen it in, in the, I believe in the heart of God. I've seen it. I, I can, I can taste it. I know I'm not dissatisfied, but there's a hunger and a thirst <laughs> because people are lost and they need Jesus and they need healing they need hope and an expectation so I'm posturing myself for whatever this next season looks like in our house and in the kingdom of God throughout the earth can't say much yet but there's stuff happening <laughs> trying to hold trying to hold and just be sensitive to it God please I love what Pastor Gail said it's okay to say I'm desperate for you yeah it's okay to be reminded of the moments where you understand it can't be about what you can accomplish on your own it's okay. It's okay to know that it's only the power of the Holy Spirit working through us that sustains us. In that same conversation, I was able to explain to the person I had been talking to, listen, I can give you verse and scripture and thoughts and techniques, but at the end of the day, it's only going to be the power of the Holy Spirit that sustains you. And it's cool, y'all, because we've gone through multiple pendulums in this body. And I feel like we've gone from one side to another side. And I just feel like 33 years in, we're just starting to figure some stuff out. <laughs> we're, just, we're just kind of figuring it out. Because we had one ah side. And there could have been, there was another side where we, you know, you shift stuff and you kind of, and I just realized, oh, okay. There's a balance in the things of the spirit. And it's okay to be learned and taught and scriptural and having the background and all the stuff so that people know you're not just talking about your own stuff. It's the Bible. It's the word of God. But then it's also okay to be, ah! It's okay. It's okay to be led by the spirit of God and to be excited about the things of God and to be passionate about the. Come on, it's, it's okay. 
We're trying to be intentional again. That's why we started the service out with wake within me, wake. And it helps. Been working out a little bit, so I ain't dying after jumping for three minutes. Does that make sense to you, though? And there may be moments when we, we, I'm trying to teach today, but sometimes, can I be honest? I think I said this earlier. We didn't know last week between first and second service if we were just going to keep it going. That's where we were. We were at a place where, y'all who were here, you know what I'm talking about? I'm sorry if you weren't here for second, for, you know, whatever. It's all good. Second service was good too. But we're, we're trying to figure out how to not have to figure it out while figuring it out. <laughs> you figure that out? You know what I mean? We're, we're trying to walk it through, but I, I'm okay with having moments where this altar is full of people crying out for God. I'm okay being in moments sometimes in our service, in our nice live stream service with some people who don't understand all of it, going, so and it's not weird and I hope it doesn't make you feel uncomfortable and if it does we can teach you and learn you we can learn you something but I'm the same dude from the beginning of the service jumping and dancing and oh Holy Spirit I need your help to get through this scenario. I can't figure out my family stuff on my own. I need the spirit of God, the gift of God inside of me to come alive. Oh, I can feel that stirring. That's the balance. That's the, that's the 30 years of having figured some stuff out and knowing that it's not either or. That there's, there's, it's not an either-or proposition. This is totally not my notes, but I feel like God's doing something right now. Sombrande rasa kradeshtabaya. I just feel it in my spirit. Oh, just to stir it up a little bit. How do I remain strong as a single person? Sombrande rasa bratayarabashta. How do I turn my eyes away from darkness? How do I make it through? Anxiety, stress, people having panic attacks. When they're going through all that stuff, you know what I want to do? Pray in the Holy Ghost. What I don't know how to do on my own, the Holy Spirit speaks. Do y'all feel God? In, I feel that. When you don't understand it, and it's not weird, and I'm tired of explaining it. So I told the person I was talking to, you know me from the time you were born. You know the, the fruit of my life. You know I ain't weird. You know I can beat you in spades. <laughs> right? And watch the, the games with you and chill with you. You know that it's, it's not weird and spooky. It's normal, but it's powerful. It's the injection of the Holy Spirit. It's what makes the difference. It's what takes us, come on, from revival to reformation. That's what happens. So my spirit is just alert. And if it's, if it, I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, agitate you. Maybe I am trying to agitate you. If this is weird to you. 
So I got cachet now. That's one of the beauties of being in this for a minute. I ain't talking about theories anymore. I'm not giving you stuff that I read in a book somewhere. I'm talking about when I didn't know what to do and I walked into a room that I prayed the word of God. Psalm or Isaiah 50 is my favorite. For the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to those who are weary. He's opened my ears. He's opened my mouth to speak. And then when somebody's looking at me, and if I'm looking at them sideways and I don't know what to say, I'm under my breath. I'm and I'm going to look you right in the eye until God gives me the natural words to speak. That's where we are. That's where we are, church. You want to grow this house? You want to see lost people want to Jesus? Stop apologizing and just be what we are. Be who we are. It doesn't have to be weird. It's not spooky. But boy, it makes a difference. Oh, you speak mysteries. I heard somebody say it recently, again yesterday. They were a person who spoke in the spirit of, by the Spirit of God a lot. And they had been praying and praying and praying. And they had been praying a lot in the Holy Spirit. And then God opened up a door and gave them an opportunity to do something. And they were like, why did you choose me? And he said, the Holy Spirit told them, because that's what you've been praying for. <laughs> when you're praying in the Holy Spirit... And your head doesn't know, but your spirit is reaching out to God. That's what you was praying for. Here it is. Now what you going to do with it? We're praying for revival. What are we going to do with it? I'm excited. It feels fresh to me. I ain't tired of this yet. And I ain't old. I ain't going to lie. I got my AARP card. <laughs> <laughs> I got it like a year ago. It came in the mail. I've seen it. And I was like, should I sign up or should I not sign up? <laughs> is this just a resigning to you? All right, this is who you are. And I was like, you know what? They said, if you sign up, it's like, this is a total tangent, and I got to hurry up and finish. But they said, if you sign up, they, they give you this little handbag for like 12 bucks. And I was like, I want that handbag. That handbag's like 40 bucks. So I signed up. Still get the discounts and stuff, but I ain't old. And I'm enjoying God. <laughs> and it's still fresh. Do y'all you sense that? It's still fresh. The Spirit of God can move. He can do what He wants to do. I, I got to finish. Here we are again. But. Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to miss what I feel is in my spirit right now. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have the band come back up here. Come on up. And I know that there are people in this room that felt pricked by me going, And I just want to tell you, it's not weird. It's not weird. I'm going to go home. And do normal stuff. I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a nap. I'm gonna, know I'm gonna eat first. I'm gonna take a nap. We're gonna watch some sports. I'm gonna chill, watch some. That ain't weird. I ain't, I ain't praying through my Netflix show, right? 
trying to make this very simple to y'all. But, but, I'm, but I'm utilizing the power of God and the spirit of God. There are some of you who have not tasted that gift. And it's not exclusive because I'm a pastor. And it's not exclusive because he loves me more than he loves somebody else. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you stand up. And we're going to go along. I want to honor this and I respect your time. We respect everything we do. I feel God in this. Do you sense that, guys? Am I on track? That's in the room. But if you have your prayer language, the encounter that Paul had experience with God that he couldn't put in a box. And if that's something that's a part of your vital every day, and you normalize it's normal for you, you use it, maybe you just need to get it re- revamped, re-sparked again. I'm going to do it live. I, I, I want to hear... In this room, and we're going to play This Is A Move Band, so if you guys could pull that up. I don't have my ears in, so I don't have a click. But we're going to sing that song. And my computer's going to buzz in this speaker like it just did. But um, I'm going to ask you if you know how to speak in the Spirit of God by the, un- the utterance of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to pray with every fiber of your being. And if you want to receive it, if it's been weird to you and distant to you and you don't quite understand it, but you, you sense that there's something that God's doing and you want the power of that gift, we're going to pray with you as well. So just let this roar come on now. Come on. Whatever snapshot, the band should be fully live, right? You guys live? Can you turn that keys up just a little bit for me? Oh, I know it's Sunday morning. I know you got to get your kids out of nursery. We'll get them to you. I want to have the freedom to speak in the spirit of God. I know my band is new to this stuff. So ramande alama selamande kerele stayele. So ramande alanande karomonde. That's where your strength is gonna come from. That's where your grace is gonna come. That's where you're gonna overcome. So ramande alananda romoyane. Karamande alandoro so ramande alama. Elama sende alandoromonde. Oh, Spirit of God, be stirred up in this house again. Spirit of God, be stirred up in this room. We call on heaven today. That's where healing is. That's where victory is. That's where breakthrough is. That's where you overcome anxiety, stress. That's where you overcome. That's where the healing power of God is. Come on, that's right. Cry out. See la mande ala mando rande. Rasanda yala bakonovo. Ela masanda la mande. Rasanda la bo shotea. Ela masinde ala na 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 na. Oh, come on, go to verse two. 
come on, verse 2. Say, bodies are still being raised. Say, bodies are still being raised. Yeah. Giants are still being slain. For joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.